Hi, I'm Ian, co-founder of Dig Insights and president of Dig's innovation insights platform, Upside. Welcome to Dig In. Dig In is the place to stay up to date on what's happening in the world of innovation, research, and technology, to find inspiration from today's business and innovation leaders, and to properly dig into hot topics that matter for consumer brands right now. And when applicable, we'll bring our own research to that conversation. So excited to be recording another episode of the Dig In podcast. Today, we're bringing on an expert in uh, retail fashion to talk about sustainability, which is a super thorny issue, uh, not just because it's difficult to be a sustainable apparel brand, but because it's difficult to even know when you're doing it right. So I'm so pleased to welcome Lisa Emlani uh, from Retail Strategy Group today. Lisa, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've spent decades, <laughs> two, in fact, a little over two decades wow. in um, the fashion industry, specifically in the merchant and product development space. Um, the last three years I spent in consulting. I was with Accenture uh, slash Kurt Selman. I was part of their retail strategy group where I worked with some incredible brands on some great initiatives. Um, as their industry expert. And while I was there, what I did notice is that um, a lot of consultants in that world actually don't have hands-on retail industry experience like I did. So um, that led me to open up my own practice called Retail Strategy Group. And that was in November of 2020 in the heat of the pandemic, (laughs) you know, when everybody starts their own business. (laughs) Um, and then I actually started the, uh, the media channel, which is my newsletter, uh, YouTube channel and everything that I write about, uh, under the merchant life banner as that was my life and sort of still is just out of curiosity, where were you before the merchant life? I was with Ralph Lauren. I led, um, I led the buying team for, uh, Northern Europe, um, I was based in London, which was fantastic because that's where I'm from. And um, I bought the Lauren brand, which was uh, is a global brand. Um, it's a wholesale model, uh, very similar to a lot of uh, design-led brands like a Nike, for example, which is where I spent a lot of my time at Accenture. Very cool. It's such a fascinating world um, for someone who's never worked specifically in retail fashion. I know that sustainability is a huge topic. We've been, you know, at Dig, we've been doing a lot of work with our clients on sustainability, specifically in retail. I'm going to open it up to you. What do you think sort of the key conversation points for us to dive into are? Well, I think that, you know, you're right. It it is a massive subject and, you know, some of the the things around sustainability that I think of is what is my role as a consumer? What is my role as a retailer? And how can I make better decisions to protect our planet? The fact is that fashion is a huge uh, contributor to climate change. And as we've read recently in, um, you know, there was a, the climate change report out of the UN, I think it was a few days ago. Um, But there's, you know, there's a real push to, um, get retailers and brands to start being, uh, you know, more sustainable using ethical standards when they're, you know, um, designing and developing products like denim and anything that uses cotton. <laughs> those are um, those are some big, big initiatives, and the challenge is really around how can we educate the consumer in making better decisions. 
if we talk about supply chain as a starting point um, and sort of transparency within the supply chain, we had a prior conversation um, about this, but can you take the listener through sort of why it's so hard to achieve transparency within the supply chain, specifically within fashion? Yeah, um, actually, let, let's think of it this way. Imagine, you know, your, your cotton poplin shirt that you're wearing or your pair of denim that you're wearing. Who is actually making that product and where are they making it? Where is the cotton being farmed? How is it being treated at a mill? How much water is being used to um, dye that product? All of that is tied into product creation and product development. And there's so much that we don't know. So when I was a merchant and a buyer and even a product designer, I, I knew my suppliers, but I didn't know where, were, where was the cotton being farmed? Because when you think about how uh, cotton farmers gather all their cotton and send it to a mill, they could come from anywhere and they may not have the technology to even um, track and trace where, where, like where mills are actually getting their, their cotton from. So that's where a huge challenge and an opportunity um, arises in the fashion industry where if we could be more transparent uh, with where we're getting our products, who's making our products, and how ethical um, are the products being sourced and made, that could really open up our eyes into how much we're not only impacting the environment, but how we could um, change our change our ways, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, and then on top of that, so, if I think the way that you're looking at it through the lens of sort of the consumer is so interesting, but when we flip over to retailers and how they work towards a more sort of transparency with those consumers, um, what would you recommend for a retailer who wants to be more transparent with their customer? I think having the, the right tools in place in terms of technology uh, so that they understand better who is making their product what's happening at the factories um, and where, like I said, where cotton is coming from and who is farming that cotton and if they're being treated ethically and uh, how much waste is being produced when they are you know, manufacturing their garments, for example. If we can get retailers to invest in the right technology to track and trace, to have more visibility into their supply chain, I believe we can all win. Um, and we can get to that, you know, carbon net zero number that's been announced recently. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's the only way to do it. I really do. I think that uh, if you develop better partnerships with your suppliers so that you can learn where, where goods are being, uh, coming from, where textiles are being made and who's farming them, uh, then I think you're almost there. But adding that technology factor will allow your consumers to also understand where you are within sustainability. Because it's so important for retailers to align with their consumers' values. And sustainability is, is a big value right now. Yeah. So when you say technology partners, um, walk me through like what you mean by that. And then I guess the next question I have is, why isn't everyone <laughs> bringing on a technology? You know, what, what's the barrier there? Well, I'll start with the barrier. I think the barrier is uh, money. <laughs> I think that um, you know retail is about profit, just like many organizations. You know, we we live in a capitalistic world, and we're we we do need 
well, we are told that we need, you know, money and clothes to survive. So I think that it really comes down to um, funding these type of projects. So as sustainability becomes more top of mind for retailers and organizations and governments, retailers will put more emphasis on investing in the right technology to give them the visibility so that they can be more sustainable. Um, as retailers put metrics out there on how they're, um, how sustainable their processes are and how, how they really understand their manufacturing processes and you know, what their suppliers are doing. If they invest in that right technology, which I believe that they eventually will because mm. they're being mandated to do so, um, they'll be able to cut costs because they'll know where their inventory is. Uh, your supply chain transparency technology will not only tell you how your product is being made, but where your product is. There's so many challenges around the supply chain right now and bottlenecks because we don't know where inventory is. Once it's on a boat, do we really know? Is it stuck in the Suez Canal again? I don't know. <laughs> it could be. So, um, and of course, as we transfer products from store to store, or uh, we pick and pack products from store because we're changing, you know, the way last mile is, is interpreted, do we really know how much inventory we actually own and where it is? No, we don't, unless you have the right technology in place. And I will tell you that most retailers do not. So it's, from what I understand, it's an upfront cost, but actually from a cost saving perspective, it could save them money further down the line. They just have to be willing to make that investment. Yes, absolutely. And it does come from leadership. It comes from government mandates. It comes from, you know, a push for even suppliers to their vendor, to their retail partners and vice versa. It all should be the same initiative that we should all be wanting to be more sustainable, uh, have more visibility and be accountable for what we're doing to this planet because climate change is real. Uh, what's happening to the climate is real. And there are a lot of, um, you know, <laughs> look at the fires in Greece, look at what is happening in BC there and, and Alberta, right? There's, there's so much, um, there's so many examples to show that, you know, what we're doing to the environment, what we're doing to the climate is impacting our daily lives. And it's just going to get worse if we don't take action. It, this makes me think of, you know, are there any brands? I know you said that a lot of people or businesses, I know you said that a lot of different businesses and brands are, aren't leveraging the technology, but are there any that you can speak to that are like any front runners that you're like, they're kind of leading the pack um, yeah. and being more sustainable? Yeah, actually, I think there's, there's quite a lot of brands. I think, you know, Patagonia is definitely one. Um, you know, they're doing a great job. Timberland is actually doing a really good job where they're making um, customers understand their impact to buying more. So they're encouraging them to either buy less or buy, but we'll plant a tree if you buy a product. You know, they're trying to offset, I think, a lot of um, the impact to overproduction. Yeah. And what we don't want is goods to end up in landfills. So that's why it's important to really understand, okay, is the fast fashion item you're buying now, is that, does it have longevity or is it going to end up in a landfill in two to three years? 
that that's another reason why resale is so important. I love to talk about Levi's. I love to talk about Nike. Um, I think they're doing great, great leaps and bounds in terms of sustainability. Adidas and Allbirds, their partnership. I love that so much. Yeah. Because that tells me that that brand is thinking um, outside their bottom line. And they're like, okay, let's partner together to innovate and create something that, you know, is net zero carbon emission. So cool to see the sustainability initiatives or the initiative they're taking to be sustainable is actually also incredibly high fashion and incredibly, yeah. it's amazing to see how much consumers want that, not just from, you know, consumers care about sustainability and they want to purchase sustainably for the most part, but in the sense that they love any of the like repurposed Adidas or um, Levi's or any of those sort of partnerships. I think that's also really exciting because it proves that there's profitability in there. Um, there is. And the wonderful thing about Levi's, I will just add, is that they know what denim does to the environment, how much water is used to make one pair of denim. And not only are they pushing circularity, which is, you know, the resale model, but they're also giving other brands and retailers a chance to understand what they've been innovating in terms of, um, you know, reusing water to dye products. So you're not wasteful um, and impacting the environment. So sharing that knowledge is also a big win for, for the brand because, you know, not all retailers have access or brands have access to innovation in terms of how to be more sustainable or in their product development or product creation process. The messaging that Levi's goes to market with and how it is often, especially recently over the last few years, so focused on environmental impact and sort of what they're doing to curb that impact. Um, and I had a, recently we had uh, someone named Mark Barden, who's a partner at Eat Big Fish, come on and talked about messaging for sustainable brands. And I think Levi's is such a good example of a brand that really has sustainability kind of baked into the core of DNA of kind of what they're doing. And that messaging makes sense. Whereas we've also seen some brands kind of trip up within the retail space or the food space when, you know, they're trying to be eco-friendly or sustainable, yep. but yeah. <laughs> or it, ethical. <laughs> or ethical. And yep. it just doesn't work. I think Oatly is a great example of a brand where, you know, they've done a good job. They produce that yearly sustainability report, but yeah. I think it's great to have this conversation with you where we're chatting about sort of internally and what happens, but it's also so interesting to think about how that intern, how those internal processes can sort of um, be shared with the consumers that are purchasing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think Vans is also doing a really good job and other brands that are using um, apps like SourceMap to show customers, okay, you know, you bought this shoe. This is awesome. This is who made it. This is, this is where the materials came from. This is the factory that actually put the shoe together. So I think that, you know, as a consumer, you have, a lot more access than you ever did before to understand what brands are doing, how they're making your products. Is it ethical? Is it sustainable? Does it align with your values in terms of your own personal carbon emissions into the world um, and your footprint? I, I was um, thinking about this the other day, uh, Boohoo, which I'd love to talk about because they are just, oh, they're, <laughs> I have so That's much not to a say, good... but it's not a good sign. No, but what they did do was, you know, they've been in the news the last couple of years a lot on how they're um, 
their practices are unethical and how they treat their employees. And this is not even overseas. You know, they are a homegrown brand in Britain and they have factories in Leicester, which is a garment district for the UK. Um, they announced this week that if you write to them and if you are selected, you can see who makes your product and how it's made. So to me, that's like, should I give a side eye to this one? Because yeah. it's, it's great that they're doing this, but why do you have to be selected? And who, what is the criteria for selection? So if I write to Boohoo and I'm like, look, I wanna know who made you know, this one skew out of the 5,000 SKUs you offer right now, um, how do I know that I'll get selected? And is it, is it really to curb the chatter from the media, which is, which is why they even got were found sure. out of their unethical practices in the first place. So it's just, um, yeah, I question, but I also, you know, I'm glad that they're doing something, but it's not enough. It's definitely not enough. It's kind of interesting. It's a, a good way to connect up to my next question, which is really kind of flipping it from the business process to the consumer and what consumers are looking for. I know we've kind of at a high level mentioned consumers really care about sustainability these days, which is absolutely true. But yeah. if we dive in a little bit deeper, um, you know, Boohoo, if we take that as an example, is clearly trying to, I don't want to use the word pander, but somewhat pander to what customers yeah. want to see these days, maybe somewhat ineffectually, but from your experience, kind of working with brands around this topic, what do you think consumers really want from brands right now? And, and, um, you know, how can they be more effective in, uh, being more sustainable? I think consumers want authenticity. That's it. Yeah. And authenticity ties into trust. It ties into truth. <laughs> And which is directly connected into the visibility of the supply chain and uh, practices unethical or ethical. And that is what is important to the consumer. And what the consumer has now is they have social media, they have the internet, <laughs> they have so much access to reporting and uh, information to help them understand what what are true sustainability claims? Like, are they achievable or not? We know that there are, you know, over 456 certifications in existence today um, around sustainability. So if there is no streamlined mandate on how to um, measure your sustainability claims, then how can a customer really understand how truly sustainable a retailer is? You yeah. can't. Right. So that's where we as consumers need to push back. We need to use our voice. We need to use Twitter, use everything and to really, truly understand are brands really and truly sustainable or are they, you know, just talking out of their, you know what. <laughs> right. Um, but as a merchant, I would say the same thing that you need to question your suppliers. You need to understand where and how, how are they treating their employees? Are they treating women the same way they do men? You know, are they paying them the same? Because that is a direct, um, it directly impacts your own values, right? So if I stand up for women's rights, but yet my factory treats women like garbage, then I question, first of all, why am I not questioning that? And why am I buying that product? As someone who's outside of the space, like the question that I keep coming back to though is, 
you know, we talk about technology adoption and why people don't want to, and, and I understand the money side of things, but people do, I like to imagine that people kind of innately care whether it's within their personal life or their work life about being more sustainable. So yeah. why, why has there not been pushback up to this point? Like, are there internal dynamics going on that make that pushback hard? Um, I don't know if you have an answer for that, but I'd say yes. Yes, there okay. are. <laughs> there are a lot. Um, you know, we use traditional methodologies in retailing. We're still buying minimum order quantities from uh, factories. So, you know, even though we know we can sell 200 units, we're forced to buy 500 to, to get a better cost. So right. that in itself is pushing um, factories to work around the clock, to um, survive, right? And COVID did not help. Like, look at how many factories had to shut down. Yeah. Look at what's happening to the garment industry today. And it's not great. And I will tell you, like you look at India, for example, um, most of their workforce were actually men that got paid that had to go out into the world to work. And a lot of them did not survive COVID. So now what happens to that dynamic in the workforce in India, for example, where so many industries rely on their resources and, you know, especially in fashion, um, what's going to happen, you know, a year from now, how, who's going to, you know, take over those roles and still manage, you know, a multi-generational household. There's, there's a lot of dynamics here that, you know, we don't even touch on when it comes to sustainability, but the impacts of COVID have really shed light to, you yeah. know, what could, what is happening in the world and what could happen, what could keep happening. Yeah. It's scary. It is really scary. It is scary. Um, and sometimes you do need something as tragic as what's happened to kind of, I don't know, shake people out of, out of continuing through the status quo. Um, yes. I feel like Lisa, I could keep talking to you forever <laughs> about this and maybe we'll bring I know. you. <laughs> um, cause there's just so much to uncover, but I do, before we were out of time, I do want to touch on your work and kind of what you do for brands just so that people are aware of, yeah, where you're coming from. Yeah, sure. Um, I work with uh, retailers and brands on um, really understanding and helping them optimize the way that they work, especially around product creation, speed to market and um, materials development. There's so much waste out there and how we, how we run retail so that's something that, you know, is aligned with my values. And that's something that I help uh, brands with right now. I also help uh, retail tech companies, supply chain companies, logistics and last mile transformation, uh, you know, initiatives with uh, retail expertise so that they understand truly what are challenges that retailers have today, like inventory visibility and real-time visibility um, and how to navigate that conversation to make better decisions okay and then I, of course i have the merchant life which is my newsletter yes and the youtube channel and all those fun things but i love to talk about uh, you know retail from a retail insider's point of view and give people tips and fundamentals and guiding principles to help them make better merchant decisions buying decisions um, to really keep that customer in mind when they're making these types of decisions yeah. If anyone is interested, please do check out the merchant life because, um, that's where a lot of the talking points from today came from is just your very honest, authentic 
insider's view on what's going on in um, fashion retail. Um, thank you so much, Lisa. One final thought uh, to leave the audience with, is there anything that we talked about that, you know, if people suffer from amnesia, they, they forget <laughs> everything, but there's one thing that they remember, what should they retain? Remember that you have access to information. You have a voice. You can push retailers to be accountable. You can push brands to truly push that sustainability metric forward. And I would say that's something that is um, so important is that customers have so much power and to use it for good. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? Uh, LinkedIn, for sure. Um, Instagram, Twitter, and of course the merchant list. Thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great afternoon. Thanks, Megan. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Dig In. If you want more information about Dig Insights or Upside, please check us out on LinkedIn or at our websites at diginsights.com or upside.com. If you have any ideas for future episodes or would like to be a guest, please feel free to direct message me through the LinkedIn app. Thank you.